What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ancient Wisdom, your weekly Pokemon TCG podcast. My name is Corey Roush. With me, as always, is DJ Keener. DJ, how are you today? Living the dream, Corey. How are you, man? I'm alive, and that is something of a dream, so there's that. It's a thing. I mean, we're doing it. We are doing it. I can't argue with doing it. Could be worse. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, you, you obviously have been a little bit of uh, you've had a busy week. So I don't think you've gotten in any extra testing since the last time we talked. But before we kind of like dive a little bit deeper on things, is there anything like that has kind of sprung up over the last week that you're like, ooh, that's that's changed your specific mind in terms of testing, or is it results based, or we want to do more of a deep dive? What, where are you at right now? Where's your headspace? Yeah, I mean, I've come around more and more on Lost Box. I think the last episode, we kind of talked about how we've probably written it off a little bit too much just because that was like the the popular opinion, I guess, was like, yeah, Lost Box isn't so good anymore. Don't, you know, don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. But like, yeah, it turns out it's just still pretty good. And I think people have kind of come around to Iona just doesn't actually matter that much, Yeah. Um, depending on what version of the deck you're playing or how you play your games out. So like... Uh, I don't know. That's really the only major change. That's the only deck I've played since we talked last. I've probably played like three or four games total, but like that's the only deck that I've put any games in with since we talked last. Uh, so other than that, just kind of looking at results and soaking in information. But yeah, I've I've been uh, been liking Lost Box the more I think about it and look at it. So uh, what about you, man? What are you feeling? Uh, I'm about the same, which is surprising. Like I, I've I've play tested more than you have, but I like like you said when we said last week, we kind of said in passing, "Hey, were we too hard on Lost Box?" Without actually ironing out exactly what that meant in terms of our testing and where we would go from here, type of situation. And overall, like, I just I'm really impressed with it. I think it's it's pretty great. And I mean, we, I've always like we're longtime Lost Box fanboys. That's nothing new, but it's like what it's doing right like it just i i was more worried for what i thought iona would bring to the table and how much that would really hinder what the deck was able to do and mm. the more i test it like i'm not i don't want to say i'm not worried about it because that's probably an oversimplification but it's not the like it's not the death knell that i was kind of afraid that it would be i i thought at first that it would be only kyogre or or nothing else and then even then it would probably be tough all of that stuff and really that's just not the case like it just it feels like I, I still would prefer Kyogre to other versions, but either way, it just feels like it's a just a very good deck. Stunningly enough, it always has been since it came out, and uh, nothing right now is really changing that. I, I think that it's in a very good place going into this format, and I remember when we talked last week, and I think that that was probably right after Locals, and we were at a place where I was feeling more comfortable between selecting between two decks, and now I'm kind of back up to three and a half because... Yeah. One deck I'm just never going to be able to quit, and and Lost Box has kind of like poked its head back in there because like it like it has tested very well, and I, I think that it does have I don't want to say a favorable matchup into Guardi, but better than a lot of other decks do, and it's I mean it's still just Lost Box. It does what it does every game essentially. Like as long as you open up reasonable, like the game plan has always been so good. Yeah, yeah, and I I think Lost Box also has like a lot of um, upside for us because we've like got a lot of reps in already. It's a deck that we're comfortable playing. Um, you know, it's not like we'd be uh, picking up, uh, not necessarily from scratch, but like we've put a lot more time in with Lost Box than we have with like Guardi, just as an example. Yeah. Um, and I do think the like the core game plan of Lost Box is like strong enough against Gardevoir that you don't necessarily care that they're playing a ton of Ionos, even if like that kind of goes against the, well, you can kind of maneuver the deck to play around getting Iono to like, bro, if you're knocking out their Ralter Curly is that it doesn't really matter that they get to Iono you. Um, you know, once your lost zone is set up, that's just fine. Your deck rebuilds fairly well, honestly, like with Comfy. I think, uh, I mean, something that like kind of just happened naturally that sort of lines up with this is like Pokestop has, from my perspective, become the, the default stadium for the deck, which is another one that like rebuilds you pretty well for my Ono, which isn't necessarily like even a change. It was probably my favorite stadium for the deck uh, before Paldea evolved. But like, I think it's just kind of clearly the correct option now. Yeah, and I I was not there with you before, but I wanted to at least jump in and say I'm, I'm there. Like I I I I like other stadiums more before I understood the appeal of something like like Pokestop. But every time I play it now, it just it's it's so good and it, it helps you thin. Mm-hmm. But like that's the other thing, right? Is that it helps you thin, so you are able to kind of like mitigate the Iona beyond what it was already doing in the deck, which is, mm-hmm. is so Absolutely. huge. Yeah, it was just already good, and like now it's just better. Um. 
you know, obviously not a ton of new cards for the deck, but like Super Rod is very good. It's certainly better than um, Energy Recycler. So anything to not have to play four copies of Energy Recycler in my Kyogre deck, right? Like <laughs> I would do basically anything other than play four of those. So pretty happy with that. Jet Energy is still fine in the deck, though I know it's not necessarily like standard in the uh, like kind of Turbo Lost Box or Kyogre Lost Box type builds, but yeah, definitely the deck I've come around the most on. Um, and it's funny because, like, people sort of... I feel like uh, Lost Boxes, Lost in general, has kind of become an afterthought in the format. But if you add together, like, the play percentages for regular Lost Box and Tina Lost Box, like, Comfy is still probably the most played deck in the format. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's funny. I I think that some people would tell you that the, the Tina version is arguably the way to play it right now i'm still obviously not there and i I do think that i'm less hard on it this format than i have been in formats past but i'm not i'm still not there yet but yeah just being able to like like comfy is everything like what we liked about comfy before beyond just being like an insane draw engine is like i like i keep saying it but it's what we said would be like a skill that needed to come back with iona coming into the format because Mm -hmm. you're just naturally like churning through your deck in a way that is not like yes you're building up a hand but you're also just eliminating the, the, the extra chafe in your deck. Like you're like making it so that your deck is a finely tuned machine. And yes, you have to change your priorities in terms of things like that. Like sometimes you're burning things a little bit earlier. Sometimes like your card choices are a little bit different because you do have to get like make it so that the I know the I don't know in the end of the game is not going to be brutal. But like it's just it, it's it's able to mitigate it so easily. And like you said, like what has made Gardevoir so strong is that. It can mitigate, like it can mm-hmm. be the Iono deck that can mitigate being punished by Iono. If you're a limit, if you're able to sit there and like Sableye on turn like two or three, they're not doing that. Or like if you're able to like Greninja and then Sableye, like they're not doing that. So it does like kind of put you back in that driver's seat in that matchup, which is which is certainly comfortable. I wanted to ask your opinion because like looking at the lists, uh, I know that we're big proponents of Kyogre, but it's been actually pretty split. It seems that like. Some people are playing the Kyogre. It's mm-hmm. Turbo no matter what at this point. The Radiant Zard has kind of faded off. And, uh, like, obviously, Teen is a different animal. But it's it's pretty split on if you want to play Kyogre or if you want to play, like, the Drapion and some number of, like, some people are playing a Sky Steel Stone, mostly just Forest Seals. But where are you at in terms of whether you want to play Kyogre or a more, like, three Sableye version of the deck? Yeah, I'm I'm back on Kyogre. Um, I had kind of looked at the more Sableye-centric versions a little bit, and like conceptually, I I still don't have anything against that. But I think what Kyogre brings to the table, as far as like being able to win games that you have no other way to win, or uh, able to like identify like the most obvious out to play to that not your opponent can't necessarily play around even. Um, I think Kyogre just gives you the best shot there. And I think it also uh, synergizes the best with like the kind of intentional thinning you're doing with uh, like more aggressively comfy and garbage away and using Pokestop and stuff to get yourself to the game states that are a little bit better against Iona, which is funny because Kyogre in itself is probably like the worst option against Iona because it is a multi-card combo. Um, but, you know, again, it can win from three to four prizes or three to four yeah, three to four prizes. So it's not like you have to put yourself into the the Iono danger zone anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like against Guardi, I don't even know that you really Kyogre all that often. I feel like like and no, that's the, that's that's the benefit, matchup, right? Yeah. So like, and that's why I like the deck so much is because like for a lot of time it, it felt and like I I, I want to say that like the best players obviously because you would notice all the time you'd see the deck on stream. It wasn't Kyogreing that often, but it was there as like a backup plan. And I think far too many people were like, "Oh, Kyogre's here. This is a Kyogre deck." And it's like, "No, that's just an option like that can't that, like you said can pull games out whenever you otherwise would not win." But I don't know. Well, there's like, also matchups where you are a Kyogre deck, and I think that's important to like yeah. recognize, you know, it and so Mew. Yeah, Mew um sometimes against Lugia, mm-hmm. you know, which has been like for the entirety of uh Scarlet Violet, like Lugia was fairly favored against Scarty or uh, against Blossom, excuse me. I don't know if that stays that way because like there's not really space to jam like a Radiant Serena in and things like that anymore in Lugia so much, but it uh, it probably is still favored. Could that be why, and we'll get to Lugia a little bit more in a, in a, uh, shortly, but do you think that's possibly why we're seeing more success with the colorless version earlier? Not also like new, like new card syndrome ish to an extent because we have things like jet and uh, therapy energy, but it, like 
yes, you're losing the the benefit of the Radiance Arena space, so like that tilts the Lost Box matchup a little bit, but having access to multiple Snorlax and just being able to be a Snorlax deck does kind of allow you to play a little bit better into Lost Box as well, and, and if we think that looking at the play rate of Lost Box, like you were saying earlier, does that is that possibly why you could see something like the, the Colorless Snorlax, or the Colorless Lugia being the more, dom- not dominant, but the more prevalent version in the meta right now? Yeah, I think that definitely matters. Um, you know, tanky one prizers are just good against Lost Box in general. I think the the Snorlax ability is honestly almost like kind of overrated in the matchup. I think it's really yep. good against like Sablezard or like uh, the like no uh, Rollbox Pokemon, uh, like Triple Sableye, Greninja versions, even. But it's like the ability is not that relevant against versions that have like real attackers. Um, they just can, you know, go through it. It's not that big of a deal. But it's obviously nice to have those kind of auto wins from the Snorlax in game states where they like can't deal with it. But I think that's part of it. Just having big tanky one prizers that are hard for them to efficiently trade with matters. I think that uh, one of the other things to keep in mind is like, I think even without Serena, like if you look at uh, kind of data or, and just like play the match about, I think Lugia was probably favored against Lost Box for the entirety of Scarlet Violet, whether you had the Serena or not, just yeah. makes the matchup a lot better. Um, you also see like a lot of lists playing more collapse stadiums now than they used to. I think most lists play two now. I think one was standard for most of uh, Scarlet Violet. So that's also another card. Like, yeah, you lose a Serena, but you gain a collapse stadium, which is another way to kind of mitigate that. So I think that it like obviously is part of it. I think that the Snorlax version is better, but I, I don't think enough so that it's like the defining factor. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, and then in terms of other things in... Lost Box. I, you mentioned it already in passing, but uh, it does seem that Jet Energy is not actually seeing as much play as, like, I, I thought it was going to be, like, a guaranteed, like, one or two of, and it mm-hmm. seems like more often than not, it's just not included. How do you feel about that? Because I, I I understand it in theory, but I also really like Jet Energy. Like, I, I think that, like, shaving off at one of the uh, one of the colored energies, specifically one of the lightning energies, makes a lot of sense to me because of how good, like, just being able to like plow through or like even if it's not like the first turn where you're trying to turbo like even late game where like mm-hmm. you you burn so many switches early in the game because of of what you're of like the way the function of the deck works you want to get to seven and then ten very quickly i like i still find myself wanting to fit that in there do you feel the same way or, or how do you feel about jet energy in there right now yeah i'm i'm pretty set on including a copy in my deck um i'm not necessarily sure that there is space or a need to play more than one um, okay. I think if I was going to play a second, it would almost certainly have to come at the expense of another switch card, which if you weren't playing Pokestop would be reasonable. But like, since we've kind of identified thinking Pokestop is necessary right now, then that's probably not an option. We want to keep our items, right? Yeah. Um, and for me, like the reason that you would not want to play this card basically just comes down to like how much you think it matters late in the game. If this happened to be, you know, the last regular energy left in your deck is it going to be an issue that you can't gate for it that you or whether maybe you had to this is a separate point but like maybe you had to lost zone some energies from some difficult choices do you still have enough to rot back in to make your kyogre play or to you know recycler and hit mirage gate plus enough for an attack to deal damage like do you have enough basic energies available i think yes um 11 versus 10 doesn't seem like something that's going to make the difference to me so I think that the jet energy is something that I would be playing in the deck. I think I'd like to see more people playing with it, but mm-hmm. it's I'm totally open to the idea that we're wrong on this. I uh I don't think so though. I think that this should be in your deck. Okay, yeah. That that's about where I'm at is like that, that I cut it oddly enough. So like this is like obviously unimportant because I have it in the list online, but like I'm building decks for today to take we're going mm-hmm. to we'll have locals tonight, we'll be grinding, and I wanted to make sure that I at least had two fully finished decks. And the one thing that was stopping me was I have four cop. I own four copies of Jet Energy. And they're all and, Lugia right now. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, I'll try Lost Box tonight without it because I wanted to see if maybe I'm just wrong anyway. Because like, if I'm netting people, not I'm not a mod. Like, I'm, I have like a list that's basically my own at this point. But that would be the one thing that would be netting. It would be netting the energy count that I've seen in most lists at this point. So I'm trying that and seeing if I if I feel like I miss it and like if I do, then I know where the cut is there. So, uh, but that's it's kind of funny how we got to that point. Um, Let's move on to Lugia since we've already kind of let touched me, on. Let me ask you one other last question, actually. Yeah. So let let's talk let's talk Clara, I guess, because I, yeah. I've seen you know pretty much every combination of like different super rod uh, energy recycler and Clara accounts, and it feels like pretty much everybody is like cut Clara. And 
originally when we talked about the deck, I feel like we were kind of of that opinion too. But I, I think from talking to you, we're both on the same page now. We're like, I kind of want to play it. Or is that where you're at too? Do you want to mm-hmm. play a copy at least? Yeah, yeah. My support account right now is four one, four chorus one Clara, mm-hmm. and there's just times like whether it be like to get on, like even if it is like in the mid game where you're able to Greninja more, like by getting back Greninja that they KO'd and like getting back energy to use with it, or a, a second use of of one of the EXs like in a matchup where that's relevant. That obviously that doesn't happen often, but if you were unfortunate enough to start it and then they were able to KO it and then you actually wanted in that game, uh, like getting that option just being able to plow through Sableyze because there's times where Sableyze is just your whole game plan. Or even like the worst case scenario, it's the last energy you need to attach to Kyogre before doing a big, like mm-hmm. you don't have one, you weren't able to keep one in hand throughout the game for whatever reason, or they own it away and you hit the Clara and then you're able to get it back and then like do your full thing to like big, put all the yeah. energy back. Like there's just a number of times where it comes up where obviously like n- 95% of your turns, you're going to want to be chorusing, but it's nice to have the option for that 5%. And yeah, it's, it's a very strong 5%. It's also like um, once you've kind of gone through a lot of choruses, really dug through your deck, like it, it's pretty powerful to be able to just like get an Iono if you get your hand shuffled away later in the game. Yeah. Additionally, like sometimes you want to just like bench Kyogre and attach to it. And when you're holding the Claire in your hand and you do that, they're kind of checkmate in a spot where it's like, well, if they Iono you to try to disrupt you from like going Recycler plus uh, Mirage Gate to kill them. Like, they, they can't get rid of your Kyogre, so you get to go and dig again. And if they boss the Kyogre and do that, but you're holding Clara, you just pick it up in an energy and, you know, play your combo and win. Yeah. So I, I've found that I am really, really happy with the, the Clara in the deck. Um, and I think those are kind of the only supporters that I really want to play. Um, I tried Ryhan for a little bit, not in love with it. And, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously you could play, like, a boss if you wanted to as well, though. Yeah, I go back and forth on boss, and I just think that it's it's... I really like it. I just don't think it's ever like it, uh, not. I don't want to say ever, but it's it's very tough to find the space for that in terms of like cutting something else. Because while it is very good, you have enough control over the board that it's not always necessary. Yeah, you've got all these stabilized to kind of deal with different bench things, even if it takes like multiple attacks. Um, the the only thing that's like been relevant for me, like the game where I wish I had a boss, was I played against a Shanpao uh, matchup where they were able to like keep their bench so well like trimmed down that I wasn't able to like close out with a Kyogre attack ever. They just like, it was an awkward game. I started a, a V that I like bricked, couldn't get out of my active. They took two prizes and I could never outrace them. Um, if I had a boss, I would have been able to like Kyogre for four prizes and close the game out actually, which was kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, but like in general, there's not like threats that you need to boss off the bench really. Like Sableye deals with mana fees. You can pick most things off the bench or even if they come up, like, Things don't trade that positive on you usually since you have so few two prizers. So, in what I you're think, describing uh, there, are you playing like Echoing Horn and things like that? Oh, yeah, that yeah. The, the horn was prized. That was the okay, the yeah. I was, gonna, yeah, I was saying because like, the prizes, I was gonna say that's another point that like kind of mitigates it, right? And like, like yeah, obviously, yeah. I know you feel the same way, but I at least wanted to point it out because like, yes, they're able, there's a lot of times where they're able to trim the bench and like, but like, not like have it fully loaded. So, like, mm. or like if they are like your save line and they're, they're not prioritizing necessarily getting it back and like. That's why, like, not because, like, if it's a mana fee, that's one thing, but if it's just, like, prioritizing filling the bench back up, if you're able, like, Horn, like, I, I think Horn at this point right now is all is pretty close to staple in the list because... If you're playing uh, Kyogre, you should play Horn. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I've liked it a lot, and I, I can't imagine not playing it right now because it just does open, like, mm-hmm. their opponents have gotten smart enough that they know when to play around it, and sometimes it is just as easy as filling, like, not benching things or pitching it. It's not necessarily even having the mana fee in play once you're able to, like, KO it so many times. So, like, being able to, like, afford yourself different avenues to win the game through prize mapping Absolutely. is so important. So, yeah. Anything else on Lost Box? No, I'm good. Okay. Lugia is the, is the next deck that we've kind of touched on uh, periodically here, and I, I know that we've gone back and forth, whether it be single strike or colorless or some version of a hybrid. Uh, I, I'm su- I, I want to say that I'm actually surprised by how much it seems that everyone online is playing the colorless version, like just straight colorless at this point. I know that it's the newer version, and like that has some of it, but like, yeah, I'm I feel a little like, bit surprised still. Yeah, I, I, I still like single strike, and I think without fact checking this, I think from like results from earlier like Japanese tournaments and stuff, single strike was a version that was finishing high you know yeah. that, was the one that was like spiking events winning tournaments top whatever in tournaments and colorless kind of like seemed like a cool alternative mm-hmm. rather than like the the way you should play the deck or the primary way to play the deck 
Yeah, right now it kind of like, looks like Colorless is the version of the deck to play, not the other way around. Yeah, I, I, you're hard-pressed to find any single strikes that finish in top 16s of things right now, which mm-hmm. I, do, I don't think that's necessarily indicative of where the format is. I, I, I will say that. I agree. I agree. Do you think, and like obviously we still have testing to do, but like, do you lean more one way or the other? Or do you like, I think we're, we're planning on testing some version of a hybrid at this point, because I do think both, both versions have their merits. Is that kind of where you're at right now? Do you want to see how the hybrid tests and then kind of go from there? Yeah, I think that's really like where, because what I want is to make that version work. I want to make yeah. a version that gets to play Snorlax and Tyranitar work. Yeah. Um, because there's like cards that you have to play in colorless to make your deck good that I don't really want to play. Um, like <laughs> Beardier and Drapion, like neither of those cards are particularly good. They're and, awful starters too, and like that's yeah. the ben- that's the benefit of the the hybrid slash the single strike version is that there's very few terrible starters. No, you're it's kind like... of pumped to start Titar, honestly. Like even yes. in matchups where you don't need it to crush for a million damage, like Pokemon's weird, and Miltube is like somewhat relevant disruption, actually. Yeah, unless I'm forgetting something in the other versions, it's like the only bad starter, the only bad starters fish, like the yeah. Luminion, and like right. not like adding in things that are are bad to start. When in a deck that I, I I think that the the level of variance in Lugia is slightly overstated because of how much coin flips there are, and really there's still pretty good ads off of anything other than like Mesagoza missing the flip, like that that sucks. But like the, even yeah, I'm I mean capturing Rome is not a real coin flip. Like y- yeah. you know you're either getting an attack or, or like the only time it matters is when that was the only way you were hitting your uh your summoning star in turn one. Like yeah, the variance matters there when like you have to maybe you've already played supporter so you need to find another thing to discard to like another archives to discard or you need to find your v star but uh beyond that it's overstated matter yeah Yeah, the the flip is relevant but not that relevant on that card yeah but adding in like the extra like brick starters does add a little bit more variance to Mm -hmm. like i'm not saying that would stop me from playing that version because like i said it last week and i think i'd say it right now if 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 I had no more testing in me, like if, if I had to send in my deck list the moment this podcast ended, I still think I'd be signing up with Lugia because it just feels so strong. And right now it would be the colorless because it's, 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 or like some version of that because it's felt very good. But I, there, I'd leave myself room for testing and it's not like it's a definitive, like front runner, like huge gap right now. So I, I do, I do value the extra like week and a half that we still have in terms of testing. Yeah, for sure. And I think Lugia is just like really strong. It's a solid call. It's got a good matchup spread. The one thing that is a little bit awkward is that, of course, the one deck that it's like definitely not favored against is Guardi, mm-hmm. um, which is probably going to be the most played deck. But it's got really good matchups against essentially the rest of the field. Um, yeah. I think like Fusion Mew is the one other deck that's like kind of awkward right now that's reasonably played just because they're the best deck at uh, donking your Lugia turn one. Uh, which is really bad, obviously. <laughs> like, you, Luke yeah. is like super hyped to go first normally, and then it's like, oh, uh, you you have killed my Lugia. This is not good. It's much harder to set up um, when you're forced to like put double Lugia into play, and you also don't really want to in colorless Lugia. Like, you want to be giving up single prizers. So, yeah, it's, and it's like, just all around a bad deal. And like you, ha- like even if it, you just see a Genesect, like say you don't see like the Meloetta or the 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 Ice Q or something like that. If you're going first and they just flip over Genesect, you almost you're like forced to play down the second Lugia, mm. like because you you can't take the risk by the game ending on turn one. But yeah, and I think you were priced into that before, like even in yeah. the formats where it was like you know ninety ten ninety percent DT mu ten percent fusion. Um, it's just like not worth the risk. You'd rather like find the way to eventually i uh, get a clap stadium and get rid of your two prizers but it is awkward and it's not ideal so yeah that, that that does make it harder um you know i think path judge is still like awkward for the deck obviously but it's uh still manageable it always has been you have a decent number of stadiums at least and you know i i think you can handle it but losing your lugia turn one is just like so backbreaking that the Meloetta version is just hard to play against yeah um but, like, you finish games all the time with Lugia, too, which is another big thing. Like, these single prize decks can take a very long time. Like, finishing three games of actual six knockout Pokemon in uh, a round is hard. So, yeah. that's another thing that, like, gets me kind of excited about Lugia, because you just start attacking. And yeah. once you start attacking, you don't stop. Like, yeah, taking prizes every turn is, is a very good way to actually end the game. So Oddly enough, yeah. That, um, that... Speaking on awkward starters, I, I kind of came off of Squawkabilly. Are you kind of into that card, or are you off it? Where I, are you at on I think that I agree. right now? I think I agree. It, it sucks because 
I really like the card, and I think it has real merits. But it, like, it's the same. Like, I like even though you play jet, ener- jet energy and stuff, and like that makes it so that you're able to get the Lugia into the active enough. Like, I don't know. It's 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 very tough. I I really want to like Squawkability, but I just don't think now is the right time for it. I think my problem with Squawk more than anything is that I really want to play two Luminian. Um, the more I've played like with different counts of the card, I really want both Luminian in my deck. So once I'm doing that, it's really hard for me to justify playing two Luminian and a Squawkabilly, but maybe that's kind of like dumb. Maybe that's not thinking this through logically enough. And it's just like, those are different cards that serve different purposes. Just go for it. Um, yeah. But it is a lot of, a lot of guys that just take up spots on your bench and a lot of two prize liabilities. So kind of a tough call to make in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Like I if, know. I guess like if it's just one or the other, like you, you would agree like two Luminian seems too important. I think so. And I can't, I, I don't think we can play a third thing. So, but yeah, every, like I, I, the number of games where I actually end up wanting to resolve the second Luminian is, is pretty high. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, like the, the ones where you don't is like whenever you open like Burnett or you open like research double fi- double double Archeops or yeah, like... it's the games where you're able to like get your Archeops in your discard without Luminianing. Yeah, that's, so the game, that's the games the... you don't need both, but like you you need to play two because of those situations are rare, right? And, and like anytime you do that, it probably doesn't like I'm not like obviously like there are there are like some situations, but if you're opening like that, you're probably running so hot in that game anyway that it's not gonna that like I mean you're like, certainly the, favored. <laughs> the, the, those are the outliers, so you can't really like bank on those. So like. In like the the majority of games where that's not happening, I think the double Luminian is is too strong not to play. Also, like it kind of goes back to some things we've talked about for other decks, but like you know you you need to be able to recover from getting Iono'd, being able to yeah. fish for a supporter. Like Squawkability is not good late in the game. Iono is uh, something we've touched on Lugia in the past. Is like you really just want more bosses because once you're again you're setting up, you're attacking, you're just hitting for big numbers every turn. If you can boss their best card every turn, that's a good way to win the game. So more ways to search boss is good. So I just, oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty into the double Luminian still, which I'm kind of happy about. I just really like that card, though. Yeah. It is a shame I can't put water energies in my deck. I can't justify it, but I would really like to be able to attack with it. Yeah, no, me too. Like, like, and that's something I've liked about Ching Pao as well is that I don't attack with Luminian all that often, but I do like that there's the option to do it because like it's mm. still a decent attack. It can still like f- like wiggle its way into certain situations where it's really strong. Obviously, like I like I'm not playing double in there, but like you forget how much you actually like being able to attack with it in, in Lugia last format until you're actually able to do it again or not able to like, you know what I mean? Like until like it, the situation immediately presents itself, you're like, Oh yeah, this was relevant. It turns out it would have been really good if I could have just done some damage <laughs> and made this go away. Yeah. 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 Anything else on Lugia like right now, I know that like, I, I don't want to like shortchange it, but I also think that like in terms of our testing, like, leading into like next week's episode i feel like that's going to be like the focus of our testing so we'll be able to iron out our final thoughts on that so anything before we do that anything else before we like iron those out yeah no i think we'll have a lot to say about lugia next week i think there's not really a ton of variability in the lists um but i'm definitely like leaning towards that deck still right now and uh we'll we'll see kind of where we gotta get us after playing some more games so the other major decks that like we've kind of touched on already but not like like focused on let's start with Chin Pao. Uh, it's the probably of the decks that I think we're higher on than most of the consensus. I think that most people have it as like a tier two deck right now. And, and I think that we would push it closer to tier one. I don't know that it's quite there yet, but I know it's also yeah. possibly our favorite deck to play of the group. So um, yeah, I like Chin Pao a lot. I think the deck is good. Um, I, I'm almost hesitant to say it's being slept on because like it's seeing a ton of play. Mm-hmm. Though I don't know that it's seeing a ton of success, depending on what metric you're really uh, using. But, you know, there's a lot of people playing it. There's a lot of unrefined deck lists. Um, and there's a lot of options, frankly. There are a ton of different ways to build the deck. And I, I don't really think that we've settled on what we think the, like, optimal, like, version is. Obviously, like, to say you found the optimal 60 would be insane. But, like, I, I think there probably is, like, a correct way to play it and like last week i think we touched on there was the rcs builds that were running around and there's the palkia versions and then there's um like the forest seal stone versions that have popped up as well and then i saw one of the online events there was uh chan palkia with no vax caliber that did well in something um which it, that wouldn't even surprise me if that version was actually one of the better ways to play the deck i at this was a long time ago now i guess but like 
going into rotation when I was like trying all the decks just without new cards on live, uh, I tried like a lot of calculus and it pretty much every time it just came back to if this deck still had bucket, it would be good. Yeah. Champao's bucket that attacks, right? Like yeah. <laughs> repeatable bucket that attacks. So I wouldn't be surprised if that deck was good. It's probably worse than playing some number of your rain dance line in there because why wouldn't you have your Champao's attack for 600 every turn? But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that version was good either. So there's a lot of different avenues you can explore with the deck and kind of a lot of different options for like how to win the game. But I think that's what attracts me to the deck the most. Like setup isn't necessarily easy, but if you set up, you have like very good tools to win every game. And it's not necessarily like the most linear every time, but there's also games where as long as you got set up, like just going, okay, I'm just attacking with Champao every turn is a good win condition. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I guess like, what are, what are your thoughts on the deck as a whole? Is this still a deck that you think is like, up there to me it's in like my top four or five decks in the format for sure yeah it, yeah it, I, I think it is um I, it's very tough figuring out exactly where we want it at this point like you said it's there's a <laughs> there's no shortage of versions to try and every time i try one like i'll play five games and like half of them a lot i'll think this is the ideal like the ideal version for me the other the other two i'll i'll think oh this is the worst version possible and then the third one somewhere the fifth one i'm somewhere in the middle and it's frustrating in terms of trying to figure it out because it is like i'm not even exaggerating when i tell you that it it, it, like it can be that back and forth between the the set of games and Mm. that makes it very tough in a short amount of time to decide like which what version is is what we want to play for an event um i i definitely i definitely like it a lot i i i I listen to you list out all the versions and i think that i think you and i probably agree on this but i want to make sure we would be playing palkia like that that's one thing that do you agree at this yeah, point no yeah. i'm i'm for sure playing some number of palkia um something we've kicked around that i'm not necessarily out on is playing maybe a thinner palkia line and still playing four seal stone yeah because there are for sure games where searching for um i mean specifically being able to do like boss cologne is more important than getting a star portal but there's also a lot of matchups where, I mean, Palkia is like the best card in your deck. I've kind of like wasn't joking when I said that honestly, Champao Palkia could be a really good deck, like with no Baxcalibur. So, like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised um, to see like a Palkia in maybe it's training wheels almost, but Palkia feels like it just wins you almost as many games as like attacking with Champao does. Um, it's got like a relevant amount of HP in the format. 280 is actually pretty big against the decks that aren't hitting yeah. untapped damage. Um, especially with like single strike Lugia falling off. Uh like setup Guardi can one shot it and setup Champau can one shot it. But like mm-hmm. a lot of decks, short of having their Lux right if they play it, have a really hard time one shotting 280s right now. Mm-hmm. That's just not kind of what the format is centralized uh on at the moment. Um it hits for relevant damage. Again, most other decks also aren't like 280 decks, so it it's one-shotting most cards in the format, and the decks are pretty bench-heavy right now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm playing some number of Palkia in my Champau list. I've tried the versions without it, and uh, I do not like them. The I guess to make another point, though, like, we're saying, it, you know, we're talking about, like, the V-Stars almost as the different versions, but if you're just, like, down to the regular versions of the deck, there's also, like, do you play Pokestop? Do you not play yeah. Pokestop? Oh, I was getting there. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, there's just a lot of variability. Yeah, it's tough. Like I, I, I still tend to think I prefer Bibarel over the four seal stone idea. And like, I, obviously, it's not necessarily mutually exclusive, but in some versions, mm-hmm. it is. I know we saw like I, I think one online that was playing the Cricketune B, and if you're playing that, you're probably not playing the Bibarel. It shaves enough spaces so that you are able to fit in a lot of the the more tech ideas. Like, yeah, and I think that version's really interesting because you get the Cricketune, um, yeah, which is like a lot less. Um, space intensive and a lot easier to set up than something like the Bibberal. But you're also putting another crap two prizer in your deck. You already play Luminion. You're already giving up two prizes all the time. So I really would rather not have some fragile two prizer that sits on my bench. Um but you get a ton of space. You get to forest seal more consistently. Um but I'm just like not that into it, I guess. I, I kind of like the idea conceptually, but I can't like fully support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what stadium have you liked the most? I, I, that, that's, and because like that, 
I don't want to boil it down to that, like, delineates the difference in, in versions, but it does to an extent. I mean, I don't, Lost City is not its own version because, like, you a lot of times you're like, if you're playing Lost City, you're probably still playing another co- a copy of another stadium, probably mm-hmm. as a one of. But the difference between Skater Park, sca- Skater Park, is that what the full like is it Skater Park? I think skater- it's Skater Park. And then, sk- who cares? Yeah. And then, um, Pokestop, I like that really changes how you're gonna like build the deck. So, yeah, for sure. ha- have you liked one of those more than another in your testing so far? Yeah. Um, I have leaned in the least Dave statement ever away from Pokestop in this deck. I have two, so but like um, that's not surprising for me. Yeah, you're a fucking bitch when it comes to Pokestop. You're just scared to play good cards. But I appreciate okay. that you've extended the streak where I still have to label these episodes as explicit because eventually you're gonna, you know, curse in my direction. It shouldn't count as explicit if I'm just calling you names. Like that just seems fair. You deserve it. I mean, I agree with that, but I think the, if there's ever a world where a five-year-old listens, their parents probably would not agree. Yeah, that's, that seems like their problem. I agree, but, but... anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Pro tip, don't, don't don't let your kids learn to play Pokemon TCG. That's a bad idea. Pokemon, sponsor me. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, you're, you're not you're not as completely in on Pokestop in this as you typically would be in other decks, correct? No, and I mean, here's why, for just like a very simple reason. Uh, I want to play thin evolution lines, and mm-hmm. it's very risky to go on those mill threes when you're playing, you know, one one Palkia lines or two two even or two two Bipro lines, two yeah. two backs lines in some of my lists. Like, I want my deck space. I want to, to be able to play a lot of these different options in the deck. Again, once you're set up, you can kind of do anything you want. So, I don't want to be um, giving up a ton of deck space to play redundant copies so that I can a- enable Pokestop. And then once you start playing redundant copies of these cards, we're running out of space for items. So now we're like, you know, playing Pokestop with less items than we want just because we want to hit like a Cologne play more often. I don't think so. That's just not, that's not it for me. Um, I think for me, I'm leaning towards skate parks. Um, I think the question is more like, are you playing like one skate park in multiple lost cities or are you just playing skate parks, no lost cities? Are you playing like one lost city to sometimes, you know, mize them with it along with some way to set up a cologne combo. Um, in my testing so far, I've leaned to the like double lost city one skate park because like I just haven't been able to consistently find my way to set up the cologne boss line that I really like. So I've kind of just been relying on playing a heavy boss count, bossing up their mana fee and removing it. And hopefully they don't play too. Yeah. Um, and like I, I even was up to three Lost City at some point, but the card doesn't actually do anything, so that didn't feel right. But then when you go back down to two, it's now it's become harder again to hit that uh, boss Lost City your Manaphy thing. So I, I don't know. That's kind of where I see the the issue for the deck, just figuring out the right way to handle that. Uh, but I think Skate Park is like just such a strong card that um, I like that as my other stadium, and you do definitely want to play another stadium if you can. Yeah, it's. I I I've, I came to the same conclusion independently as well, and like I said, I think I would probably end up playing some number of Lost City, but Skater Park is just like I don't want to say like because it's pretty basic on what it is, but it does open up some number of combos in the sense of like there's something ra- like just like little things like it's rather strong to be able like if you're able to ever resolve two Chain Pals like effect like mm-hmm. two, two buckets in one turn or like the one that came up a lot for me in just like testing was if I attacked with your ninja, left the one energy on the Greninja, was able to retreat it since I had skate park in hand and went back into hand. I'm able to pitch that energy to use Greninja's effect and then kind of like re- reestablish if I was Ionoed or something like that. So yeah. Or same thing as you kind of said about like pivoting between the champ house, you can retreat Greninja, bring up Chan, search for two more. If you have a switch, you can Greninja again. Yep. 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 So it's, I just think it opens up like, I mean, in a deck, like if we, if we want to be, I think it's like far too often, like especially in my early testing, and maybe maybe you'll say that like I should have got back to this logic, but I don't think so. Uh, far too often, I felt like I was always attacking with Chin Pao, and like more often than not, actually, I think I probably want to be attacking with Palkia or Greninja, and like Chin Pao just in the in the situation where like the bomb is what you want to do. But like oftentimes, like just actually swinging with Palkia is very strong, or like whenever you're actually able to like in the matchups like Lost Box or Guardi or things like that, where they're not like pre preparing with the mana fee, like or once you've already dealt with the mana fee. If I'm able to attack with Greninja multiple times, that's busted. Yeah, I think it just depends on the matchup, like you said, though, because, like, there are decks where I'm kind of just attacking with Chien Pao because they're, like, I use the Arceus matchups just yeah. as an example because that's the most obvious one. Like, Palkia doesn't hit numbers unless you put Choice Belt in this deck, which, why would you? You're 
your champ pal hits the numbers. Yeah. But like you're that's the only card in your deck that can one shot those things. So like you know, you're more reliable on attacking with it. Mm-hmm. Against Guardi, if it's possible, you would really like to deal with their mana fee and then attack with Greninja multiple times. If you can pull that off, you want to attack with Greninja. Against like most decks with just like random kind of frail guys, but not to the point where you can Greninja them, obviously, like you kind of just want to be attacking with Palkia. Yep. You know, Palkia is your best attacker into like random Lugia stuff a lot of the time because you're just not burning your energies, you know. Uh Champau gets the job done too, and it's weirdly enough against Colorless Lugia, like 220 is actually just like enough HP in a lot of situations, but 280 is even better if they don't play Lux, right? Yep. So, you know, I I've kind of leaned the same way. Um the downside, like maybe not even downside, but that becomes a lot harder to pick and choose what you're attacking with when you're not playing multiple skate parks. Um, I think yeah. that card is like the the thing that lets you pivot the best, mm-hmm. which I is really why, you know, this like kind of emphasis when we're talking about different versions of the deck, it's finding the right way to build a deck that deals with mana fee, but also does these other things is kind of the focus because like that's that's the linchpin to Chan Pao being good against everything. Yeah. If you can figure out the way that you can consistently without breaking your deck up deal with Manaphy, your deck has a really good avenue to beat everything. Uh you might have to play some awkward funky cards. I mean, we're talking about playing canceling clone again, but you know, if you can get set up, your engine does decent at digging through your deck between Greninja, Bibberol, Chan Pao, right? Um, you have Luminian. You don't even have to play multiple because you actually can attack with it, so it can shuffle itself back in. Like you have tools everywhere. You have Rain Dance. You have you know energy recursion from your discard pile. There's just like nothing the deck doesn't do, but it's really hard to do all of it set all set up completely and also deal with uh, the things that are trying to counter you. So um, it's kind of a, a puzzle. I feel like when you distill it down, what we're trying to solve for isn't that crazy or that like, it seems like it shouldn't be that difficult to solve, but it, it really has been to mm-hmm. find like the, the magic list. So um, I don't know if we're going to get there. We kind of said this from the beginning and then got high on the deck because it is just like really awesome and really fun to play. Yeah. That it would be really hard for us to get to the point where we have a list that feels perfect. Um, and I, I think like as we get closer and closer to the event, that just seems harder and harder. Yeah. Yeah. If you had asked us two weeks ago when we first hit the high of like drawing hands with it and like even like our first list, it's like, oh, this is probably like even paced with like Luke. And, like at the time, it was like, I think that we were favoring playing Lugia and then this cropped up as the second deck and was pretty close to 50 50 on what we would have been choosing to play then. And I think that that's obviously gone in a different direction as other decks have entered the, the, the consideration. And as as you just said, like it's, I, I think that the, the ceiling on this deck is extremely high, but like. Because you have options for everything, but it's figuring out how to answer actually everything in in a mm-hmm. in a sixty card list in a given format is 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 definitely a challenge. And I just I don't I don't know if we'll have enough time. And it, it's things like that are actually like I, I want to push back on something I've heard some people in the community say because I just think it's factually incorrect saying that this deck has a similar power level to Maridon. I think that maybe it'll have the same number of placements as something like that because people won't necessarily play it or because their lists will be suboptimal, whereas the Baron lists are probably optimized and the deck actually just sucks. So well, Marano is super linear in this. Yeah. Isn't? So I, yeah. I guess that's like, I, you also like, there's a big split in the community where you'll see a lot of people sit, tell you that they think Champao is one of the tier one decks right now. Like yeah. There, there's not a lot of consistency. And my, my bet is that if anyone who actually like really was committed to it being a tier one deck is not saying anything. So if, if there are people out here, you know, especially good players working hard and prepping for NAIC that have the list, I mean, they're not saying crap about it right now. Why would they're you? Gonna, right, right. You exactly. know what else they're not doing? Signing up for a late night with it because, yes, like, you're just not leaking. So, like, that, like, I would not be surprised. Like, this is of any of the decks in the four, like, if it's going to be a version of a known deck, like, not some completely, completely surprised deck, if there's a deck that pops up and, like, oh, God, how did we not see that list? Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's a cheap pal list that could take the tournament by storm. Well, and that's part of the like attraction to playing it because yes. other people aren't going to have a good list. That means they're probably not that practiced against a good list. Um, you can kind of take the tournament by surprise. And, you know, the, the upside is there and it's hard to know whether you have it or not. You don't want to miss out. That's one of those things where like sometimes you think you have a broken deck and you're not sure if you do or not. And like, boy, does it feel bad when you don't play it? And it turns out you did have the broken deck. That's never happened to you, Dave, has it? Not not too many times. Uh, the last deck to talk about right now is Gardevoir, and I feel like we always give it short shrift in terms of us talking about it. Again, to... do it again. 
Yeah, because like I think that like coming into the format, it's obviously the best deck. Like in terms of just like overall like play it's the deck to beat. Yes, that's a, that's a better way to put it. I, I think so. But like you're looking at the online events, and it's not like for as much as people hyped it up coming into this format, and I do think the deck is very good. It's not putting up the results. Like it's like people were acting like it was going to be this format's Lugia, and it's not that. And no. I like. Well, and I don't think, I mean, I guess we've seen this in Pokemon before, so this this was going to be a lie, but, like, it, it's hard in my perspective for, and it, I mean, this was never up to Lugia's point, so never mind. Actually, I'll, I'll walk this back to me feeling it's a fair statement. The heavily interactive decks normally aren't going to see Lugia levels of dominance. Lugia saw that sort of dominance, um, you know, in Palkia, like, to a lesser extent before that, and, you know, things of that nature, as, as you go back through the recent formats that I've have all kind of had except for this one, like one clear top deck yeah. um, because they were just incredibly uh, powerful, proactive decks mm-hmm. and Guardi's kind of really getting its market share out of being a really good deck at playing Iona. Like that's the thing that changes. That's the only thing that changes between this format and next where Guardi is like a, I don't know, probably decidedly tier two deck at this point. It's kind of flopped all the way between like one, three, two. Mm-hmm. It's probably somewhere in tier two. It's not like, running away with being one of the best decks in the format. There's weeks where it's a good call. And yeah, again, the thing that changes is only that it gets better disruption and reversal energy. Yeah. Um, for at least like standard guardian. So I don't think that like anyone should be that insanely surprised that we're seeing different results. And also us in Japan are just different. They don't okay. like, even when you look at like lost box lists going into um, Scarlet Violet, like they don't, they don't play Lost Box the way we do. No. You see so much less Kyogre over there. You know, you see so many more Raihans and just random deck lists over there just as, to, like, call a card out that they love to play, and we don't really. They love Zamazenta, um, and that version never, like, exploded yeah, over here. Absolutely. So it's just, like, it's hard to just get from point A to point B and be like, this is good in Japan, this will be good here. Even though, you know, we play with essentially the same cards, um, slightly different formats in the sense that they have, like, best of ones and we don't. But it's... It's just never going to be a one-to-one port, so I'm not surprised that it's not performing the same way that it is in Japan, but it is kind of crazy when you see all of the, like, 2,000-player events in Japan have at least had Guardi in the finals, if not winning the tournament. Yeah. And it's, like, not doing the same here. And part of that could be, again, like, the best players in North America aren't signing up for a late night with Gardevoir. Yeah, which, I mean, that ma- like that that doesn't matter. And I do think it's... So I, I would say that going into NIC, I think it's going to end up performing noticeably better than it is currently online. Mm-hmm. And I still think like, I would be afraid to play it because I, and I, like it, it I, I don't want to say that like this, this feels like an oversimplification, but it hasn't like standard guardian has not entered my consideration for things to play because I don't want to play that mirror constantly. And I do think that it's going to have enough of a bullseye on its back that mm-hmm. it's going to be the most answered room and the most answered deck in the format. I think, yeah. that, I think you have to enter the tournament having a real sense of how to play against it. Mm-hmm. And I think that everyone knows that. Yeah, I think you you said two things there. Uh, one of them that I want to agree on and one of them that I want to kind of like elaborate on a little bit. So okay. I don't want to play Guardi for both of those reasons. The one that I want to stress is that I don't want to play the deck that has a target on its back unless I think that it is for sure the best deck. Yeah. Um, you played Lugia even though it had a target on its back because it was stone broken. There was not an excuse to play a deck other than Lugia because it didn't matter if it had a yeah. target on its back. Guardi to me right now is not that same power level. Uh, and you avoid playing decks that are going to be massive play rate um, that people are going to be trying to counter because that means that the winner's metagame is going to have a lot of the counters. They're going to beat the other Guardi players. So even if you're like amazing at Guardi, you found the tech, like you still have the target on your back. So I don't want to be in that position. Yeah. The other thing is the mirror. Um, and I just kind of want to elaborate for a little bit because some mirror matches are really, really good because there's like ways to get edges. There's unique lines that you can do yeah. that seem to really like, you know, differentiate uh, the good players from the bad players. And part of this could be that I haven't played enough Guardian, but it doesn't feel like a mirror match where when I'm playing it, I'm able to really differentiate myself from my opponent unless I'm playing the Mewtwo version. Yeah. And in that version, I can find like my edges to uh, kind of be the person that can maneuver the matchup in a way that like I'm favored, even if I'm not starting as well as them or I'm not, um, drawing as well as them or whatever but with standard guardy i don't feel like i have that and i could be wrong again i just haven't played that much but for me that hasn't felt to be the case so i'm really just not even considering signing up with the deck that could obviously change because i could find out you know that 
oh yeah, it actually beats literally everything else. So I'm not going to worry about counters because if you beat everything, it's fine. Um, make them have it. But right now I'm not there. Yeah, and I, it would be really hard for me to get there. I guess that's what I want to stress. Like, I don't want to have the counter on my or target on my back, and also be playing a mirror that I don't think has a ton of skill expression. And that is that part in particular. I'm very willing to be wrong about. But to me, with the amount that I've played Guardi, I haven't found it, which also tells me that it's probably too late for me to find that level of skill expression. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's important. Like, you're not you're not saying it's impossible to find it. It's just that we haven't, and, and the time the time that would be needed to be devoted to it is not something that we have or that we think is the appropriate way to like prioritize our time at this yeah you got to budget resources i mean that's you know it works that way with everything like yeah pokemon's no different than everything else in life in that sense like you you have so much time energy brain power whatever and at this point it feels like it would be a a massive punt for me to start devoting it all to figuring out how to win the guardian here when i haven't been doing it so (laughs) and like you said it's another one of those decks that like like lost box that because you're i mean you have you have multiple prizes in there. You're essentially a single prize deck for most of the game, so it's one of those ones that it's actually going to be tough to finish three games. So I think you have to be well practiced in that as well. So yes, and your setup time is kind of slow in that deck by comparison to a lot of other decks. I mean, you know, your first couple turns you're really just trying to develop Curlias and draw cards, maybe get some Shining Arcanas off. Like if you're extremely lucky, you can start taking KOs early, and maybe that's where like finding the edge is. Honestly, it's finding the way to set up more consistently early and just start attacking. But, you know, from my perspective, playing kind of stone standard lists, that's variance, not not yeah. a play edge. Yeah, that's that, that's what I found as well. And honestly, I'd rather be wrong because I'd rather, if it's going to be the most played deck, there actually be like some level of skill to it. Because well, there's skill to playing Guardi. I want to stress that I just haven't found the mirror to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. That's what I meant to say. And I know it did not come out that way. So I'm glad you corrected me on like called that out. But yeah, that, that I'd rather. I think better formats are defined whenever there's a, ba- a like good a, mirror a match. Yes. If, if a deck is going to be 25-30% of the field, it needs to have a good mirror. Yeah, um, for, for it to be a so, healthy, good format. Yeah, the one that if, we look back on favorably. If Guardi is going to be one of those decks with that level of player, which I think it probably is at NAIC at least, whether it is for the whole format or not is a different story. Yeah, no, I'm um, only speaking in terms of this event. Right, yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying that like NAIC may may have a ton of guardian the mirror may may be good then who knows but yeah i agree you're if you're gonna end up with a lot of guardian mirrors on on stream especially like you really need it to be a good mirror yeah yeah no but i think that wraps it for this week um i would say that this time next week we will be oh well when we are closing when we are back next week we will be doing our final preview for the event uh and we will be looking at like final predictions and things like that it's, it's funny because it will also be coming out while we're in while we're already playing in day one so maybe i'll try to drop the podcast today early next week because we'll be we'll, we'll already have basically all of our testing done other than what we get done thursday when we're at the event but uh we will check back next week with ancient wisdom